Welcome to Speculative Work. My name is James S. Aaron. I'm an SF author, and this is my science fiction writing diary, um, where I check in weekly on my challenges as an author, show what I've learned, and help you avoid my mistakes, hopefully. Um, this week, I'm going to be talking about resistance, artistic resistance. And I think that also gets to the purpose of what this podcast is going to be. Um, while I want to share my journey with folks and hopefully help someone else out, um, I also want to be able to look back on where I've been and capture some of the uh, you know obstacles I worked through and things like that. I'll be honest, I am not good at keeping a diary or a journal. I never have been. Um, I'm also not good at uh, podcasting or doing video. So even as I started um, recording and I'm recording this on YouTube live, doing it privately so then I can choose to take it uh, public if I want to, um, I had to switch off the video stream so I can't look at myself while I'm talking. And those are all forms of resistance, which we'll get to. Um, but one thing I forgot to do, which I do want to make sure I get this on video, is these podcasts will be probably about 30 minutes. If you're looking at the video feed right now, you can see my little Pomodoro timer, um, who is a little owl. I don't have a name for the owl. I, I need to come up with one. Probably something um, that helps uh, crack the whip on my creative uh, you know, endeavors. <laughs> but anyway, let's set the owl to uh, 30 minutes and see how close we get. Because quite honestly, um, I don't know that I'm going to get there. And I think that's okay. I don't want to put that um, pressure on myself because it's more important to me that I do this consistently than that I meet any specific uh kind of, uh, I don't know, guidelines or, or things within the podcast itself. I, I just really want to do it. And, and I hope that's a lesson to folks when they're, when they're listening, that when it comes to writing, to doing anything creative, um, it's more important just to do it and then go back and, uh, see what you have afterwards. And we'll talk more about that. Um, so, okay. Updates, uh, from the last week. And in fact, like, I guess the previous, uh, lifetime up to this, <laughs> I'm not going to go that far back. I'm just going to talk about no November. Um, I have a, um, I'm a co-author within a science fiction um, IP called Aeon 14. And I write with um, and for Michael Cooper, who publishes as MD Cooper. And he is up to, I want to say 54 novels at this point um, within Aeon 14. Seven of those uh, are books that, that I wrote. And then he, um, we worked together on on them um and i'll talk more about that in the future on how that process works and what it looks like and what my recommendations are to folks that are thinking about co-authoring and my why you might want to do that depending on where you are in your career or day job or things like that i have a day job i consider myself a professional author but i do work part-time um, that's not always part-time some weeks that's full-time in addition to the full-time job depending on where we're at in the project um but um, yeah, anyway, so part of that was finishing a book uh, this month called Vesta Burning. And Vesta Burning was a kind of a side, um, a sideways book where we had finished one five book series. And then I had two books that I wanted to get done that were part of the story, kind of like picking up a lot of uh, excess material that I had been thinking about that I'd used for world building and things like that. Um, 
but didn't quite fit into another uh, another series right away. So we did a book that was a collection of novellas I'd written, actually, well, two novellas. And then I did um, some material to fill in between the novellas and wrote a third novella that would actually finish out the arc of that story. And that was called The Proteus Bridge. That came out in uh, August, I want to say. And then um, Vesta Burning, I wrote... Uh, pretty much between September and October, but I learned some pretty big lessons with this book. And one big thing in my life right now is that uh, my wife and I had a baby back in May. Um, so I'm living with a seven month old baby and all the things that um, a seven month old baby does to basically rearrange your life. <laughs> so I am a fairly uh, prescriptive writer. Like I, I've learned to outline. I like to get up and write at a specific time so that I know you know exactly how much work I need to do to get the project done. Well, a baby basically changes all of that, and that gets to um, resistance, which again I'll talk about. But I want to make sure I get this these updates done. So um, I thought that I was going to be able, to, I was going to try dictation, and I thought dictation would would work. It seemed like it was working. Um, I would go for a walk when I had time to get out of the house, walk for an hour. Um, dictate what I was going to write into uh, a recorder and then come back and transcribe that on my PC. What I realized is that the transcription was not nearly as good as I thought it was. And I think it it might work if I went ahead and talked out the chapter, came back, transcribed it, and then immediately went through it again and fixed it, uh, which would basically add another hour to my work time. Because I when I sent the, ma the manuscript to Michael, there were still a number of issues as far as transcription errors and things that didn't make any sense. And um, it was just a huge mess. It was very embarrassing for me. I totally want to admit that. And it's not the kind of thing that I ever want to do because it was unprofessional for me, I felt. Um, so I had to basically go through that book again and rewrite it. And so what should have taken um, a month ended up taking about three months. And I've learned uh, just a pretty big lesson with that. And so we finished up Vesta Burning, uh, actually ended up getting published end of, or third week of November, somewhere in there. Um, and Vesta Burning has even been, because it's a sideways book as well, I think where it's not on the main, uh, it's not on the main series timeline, it's on in the timeline, but on the main series arc. Um, and it's even not in the main series of overall Aeon 14. It's it's definitely getting downloads and it's doing well, like launch-wise. Like I think it hit um, at, its, at its highest point, it was 1,600 in the Kindle store. And now it's starting to settle. Uh, it was at 8,000 the last time I looked. And I, I think it'll probably end up sitting somewhere around 30. Um, that's where Produce Bridge has been, um, which is a little bit lower than where the other um, other books in the series have have been and maintained their their sales. So, but it was a, it's a good story that I wanted to get out there. I think it's important stuff about the characters that true fans are really going to want to know. And it also helped me figure out a lot of things world building wise to go into the next uh, series, which I'm going to start writing. Um, actually, today I have two thousand words that I need to get out um, as part of that plan, and I'll I'll talk about that. Um, so that was pretty much all of uh, November. Um, too big, you know, I also wrote a novella called Crash in Love, which was about a parrot that has, <laughs> that is uplifted. Um, this was, I'm kind of considering this like very much professional work because in Proteus Bridge, the, I had a character that was an uplifted parrot and fans just loved this character. So I basically decided to write more of this character and it's, it's still fun. I still enjoy it a lot. Maybe it's not the kind of thing I would have written if I would not have written if the fans hadn't said that they really liked this character, but, um, it was fun and I'm, I'm enjoying it and I think it's going to do well to help sell, uh, 
this uh, fan fiction anthology that we're putting out for Aeon 14, which I think is also a really cool um, experiment and also gets those uh, fans that are really excited about the series doing more within Aeon 14. Uh, I spent about two weeks doing that. It came out to 24,000 words, and right now it's um, going through its first edits. So um, I should be getting something back on that, I think, next week. And so I'll be able to talk about what my edits might look like for that while I'm pushing forward on on the new book. So the next thing I did, I, I have done most recently was I plotted out the time that it's going to take to finish my next five book series. We've got the titles. Um, we've got it plugged in with the deadlines that we need because we're trying a compressed uh, release schedule on these, which will be a little bit different than what we've done before. I'm shooting for 60,000 words for each book, which is something that I could get done um, in a month as long as I do my 2,000 words uh, a day like I need to. And that's taking Sundays off, which I think I can I think I can do that in addition to other things I'd like to accomplish. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I'll, I'll keep things updated. But I used a website called Write Track, which it's probably easiest just to Google Write Track. But the, uh, the URL is writetrack.com. David S. Gale, G-A-L-E dot com. And I'll put it, I'll put a link in the notes as well as so you can check that out. But um, I like Right Track because it allows you to be social and you can invite friends to look at your um, schedule you set up, but it also allows you to set projects in the future, um, which is different than some other sites that I've used. And what was the other site? I, I lost my link to... Um, a site that I've been using, which I will I will find it because I used another site that basically kind of replicates what NaNoWriMo does, where you can set up a project and then track it um, by day, you know, so you can see how many words you need to finish to hit your deadline. But the problem was it wouldn't let you plan out projects and it only lets you have up to three at a time um, without becoming a subscriber. And quite honestly, I just for what they wanted um, for the subscription fee, like I didn't see the value there to make that worth it. I know there are Excel docs that are out there, which I, I think I probably have one somewhere. I need to look it up that will let you do the same thing, you know, where NaNoWriMo lets you set your 50,000 word goal for the month. And then you can, you input how much you wrote per day and it'll tell you how much you need to write, you know, to hit your goal, um, which is really useful. I've found that to be probably the, the best thing for me to hit deadlines is to know how much I need to write um, every day. I think it could be argued that maybe when you write that way, you're, it can be a little bit formulaic where each chapter is going to be a specific amount of words and things like that. And But you, you just have to be aware of that. And when you do your editing um, and you look at your pacing, go back and think about how much, um, you know, if you're, if you're trying to write to a word count on a chapter, like sometimes that chapter might need to be, uh, spread out to give it room to breathe or actually condensed because you were kind of stretching things out more than you needed to. So it's something to be aware of. Um, other things I did this month. So we were only able to record my other podcast, which is called sentence to paragraph, uh, twice this month. So I'm really hoping that's where I check in with, um, my author friends, um, Daryl and Evans and, MK Martin about, uh, you know, we do, we do some interviews, but it's become more kind of a conversation about writing and editing tips and things like that. So I really hope we're going to get on track with that more and we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, so I think that's, I think that's it for updates. Um, I'll, I'll report back on, you know, how the, how the writing goes daily, because this is the first time now that my daughter is settling into a bit of a schedule. I'm finding that, you know, I can kind of reliably count on her being in bed at like 10 PM. So I could write between 10 PM and midnight. Uh, the challenge with that is that my energy level is low. Um, so I'm going to have to figure that out, <laughs> you know, like have the energy and the focus to write and then, um, 
make actually make it happen, you know, and not not zone out and not uh, I don't know. Um, so I'll report back on that. Uh, today's Saturday as I'm recording this, and I'm I have to write two thousand words today. A Saturday weekend days are easier because I have the whole day to you know do things and then come back to the work. I don't necessarily have to just you know sit at the computer for an hour and hammer it out. Um, so. Anyway, how long did that take to do those updates? That took 13 minutes. So this is actually, uh, I'm rambling. Hopefully I'm not rambling, but um, I'm filling time. So resistance. Uh, I wanted to talk about things that get in the way of work and, or even just starting work. Because for me, it's two separate sort of processes there. Um, there is actually the sitting down to do the work or to start a new project. And then there's you know, while you're writing um, itself. And I think we're so surrounded by a distraction now um, that that is a form of resistance that you have to not allow into your mind while you are sitting down to work. But for me, when I think of a project like this, like one of the reasons that I, I wanted to do this is as a co-author and with the only seven books I have out right now being co-authored books and doing this for the foreseeable future until I can probably go, you know, full time, um, cause I still have a, a very, I have a demanding and fulfilling day job that I do enjoy a lot. Um, but it basically just means that I don't necessarily have the time to devote to publishing that, uh, I need to. So I had self-published in the past. Um, I even ran a small press, uh, from like 2000 to 2008. So I have a very, uh, realistic idea of what it takes to be successful. Um, in indie publishing and you cannot anymore just write a book, put it on Amazon and think it's going to succeed. I mean, there may be a few people that do that, but there are also a few people in traditional publishing that have their first book and, you know, blow it out of the park. So um, indie publishing is publishing. It requires marketing. It requires um, an editorial process, all the same things that go into traditional publishing. You're just doing it yourself or as part of a team as I am. Um, you know, and then the audience building that goes into that as well. When you tie, you know, social media presence and things like that into uh, into it, it all takes time. And that's not time that I have to do well. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I learned when I, I, I self-published um, starting back in 2014, I self-published four books, um, which, you know, did fine, got good reviews and stuff, but I just, I just didn't have time to do the other pieces that I would need to make them really be successful. I also didn't know a lot about hitting markets in the right way. So I've learned a lot more about that. Um, but anyway, so I wanted to do this podcast. I wanted to do something that would um, kind of just be my own. And, but it was difficult to actually sit down and do it. Um, I, I'm not going to call myself a perfectionist, but I do like to be prepared. Um, and there's also the anxiety of just putting yourself out there alone. I mean, one of the things that I can kind of cheat with a little bit in working with Michael is um, he is very good at marketing and it's very easy to just kind of like be standing behind that and not have to be out there in the limelight. Um, but that's not the best thing for your career. Um, when I've talked to other authors and, you know, talked to them about what I'm doing, uh, you know, one was like very forthright about you need to manage your own business. You know, you, when are you going to strike out and do your own business? And, um, I really enjoy what I'm doing and I feel really lucky to be uh, working within AM14 like I am. But in a way that person's right. You know, if I'm going to continue to provide value to this other intellectual property, I really, my game has to be, you know, strong. I can't just, um, I'm not going to say I'm trying to build my own audience necessarily separate of that, but I need to provide value 
um, to the audience that is already there. So that when the time comes, potentially, if I do my own thing, um, it's not taking away from AM14, it's adding to it because there are other great authors that are part of this and they bring a strong uh, catalog of other books that those readers might also be looking for. Um, so the anxiety of striking out on my own was a real thing that I really was feeling. So um, we'll see how that continues. I mean, I also just wasn't sure how I was going to do sitting here trying to talk for 30 minutes um, or more. So... <laughs> So I think if you are feeling anxiety about a project, you just have to give yourself permission to do it and give your permis yourself permission to fail. And one of the things that, you know, if you listen to the Joanna Penn podcast, her podcast, which I would highly recommend, um, she just talks about uh, being genuine. And I think you'll see that in a lot of social media presence articles and things like that. Be genuine if you fail, you know as long as you're not being, you know, cruel to people or a terrible person, um, everyone, everyone expects someone to make mistakes, uh, even if they're just mistakes in how you present yourself, as long as you're not saying terrible things. Um, so you got to get in there and do it. And, and there's another piece, you know, with writing, like you can't edit a blank page, right? Well, you can't, um, with every podcast or a video, it, it gets better every time and uh, you learn as you go. So for me personally, like I'm just trying to push through that, um, finding time to do things. Uh, if you're watching the video right now, you can see that I'm actually recording in um, our baby's room, which she's not using yet. She's still sleeping in our bedroom, but um, this is the quietest space I have in the house. Um, so jump in and do it there. Uh, other thing is I'm not feeling super hot, baby has a cold. So that means I kind of have a cold, but I push him through and doing it. And then I was doing some test recordings. I'm listening to my voice. And I'm thinking, ah, you sound, you know, you sound tired. You sound low energy, you know, like you don't have a lot of energy. Um, but still I'm going to push through and do it. And I think that, uh, probably I sound better over time. I feel myself having more energy as I'm talking. It's also helping that I'm not looking at my own video. So <laughs> that's probably, um, you know, that's helping. So other forms of resistance in my life right now, um, the baby. And, you know, I think, I think it's totally valid if when a big change comes into your life to give yourself space artistically to say, Hey, I, I need to take a break. This is, um, I can't give my art the time that I need because I need to focus on this other thing that, that needs me. And I'm really fortunate that, um, my wife is, is helping a lot. I'm really doing my best to jump in there and help. And, and even with the work that I, that I do, I'm still really fortunate that I've got flexibility in my job. And the thing with writing is that uh, you, can, you can do it anywhere. You just got to jump in and do it. And I think, I actually believe that I always have enough time to write. It's the other uh, distractions that take that time away. You know, so I'll have an hour to write and I could write 3000 words in that time. But if I waste half of it on Facebook, um, that's on me, right? <laughs> so um, that's definitely... I can't use the baby as a form of resistance. Uh, I don't, I won't accept that or blame my not creating art on, on her, uh, having the time to do it, kind of mentioning that, um, having the content. So I, I was going to make a list of just 52 things to potentially talk about as, um, you know, topics for each, each episode. And I ended up with a list of 71, you know, it, it just, things kept coming to me, things to potentially talk about that, uh, I've either struggled with or have helped me in uh, developing this business um, and responding to changes in the business. And I, I'll put those on the site so so they can be seen. Um, and definitely if folks have other things they'd like to talk about, um, I will I will approach those. But if you think you don't have enough content, it's it's kind of like approaching that blank page, right? You think you don't have the words in your head and then you start writing and they come. And that's part of flow state is the words, the words will come. You just have to start uh, producing them, you know, 
things to talk about will come. You just have to start talking. <laughs> and if anything, you know, a podcast is more about you uh, presenting yourself um, than necessarily the content, although you need to have valuable content and it needs to be useful um, to folks. Uh, another thing is that the reason I'm starting now is I was doing a lot of thinking about what I wanted to do in 2019 and what I wanted my author business to look like in 2019. But then I realized like, I'm not going to wait until 2019 to make those things happen. So that's why I'm starting now. I've been thinking about this for a couple months now, but I really just want to jump on and do it. And with everything, it's going to, a rhythm we'll need to develop right now. If Saturdays are the best times to do it, then I'll, I'll do this on Saturdays. Um, if not, we'll figure it out. Maybe I'll record throughout the week and then just go ahead and publish on, on Mondays or something like that. Um, but I think with a lot of things in life, especially with creative folks, uh, don't set a date in the future that you will make a change. I think for me personally, if I'm going to make a change, I want to do it immediately. I want to start um, because that date in the future becomes a sort of daydream and then it continues to get pushed into the future. And um, one, you know, one thing I could probably talk about later is that I'm at a point in my life where I feel I'm, I'm not quite at the midpoint in my life yet, but I, I feel it. I feel like pressure to create. And so um, I don't want to wait for the new year to make New Year's resolutions or, or things like that. Um, and another form of resistance that I've been thinking about a lot is, uh, you know, aspects of what makes great uh, content marketing. And that's, this came from Joanna Penn, which I think she uh, picked up at NINC, um, the, uh, the NINC conference. But when you do things, you want it to be valuable, relevant, and consistent. And like I mentioned earlier, I am terrible with being consistent. So I really want this podcast to um, to help me be consistent. Uh, it would really help me if you leave if you do leave a comment, if you hear, if you if you listen. Eventually, I don't expect that to happen anytime soon. Um, but knowing that there's an audience, I think, really helps to be consistent. Um, it pushes me to to produce work, you know, because I know there's an audience out there that that wants it um, to be relevant. You know, to worry that you're being relevant. And then and valuable as well. So something that um, will be worth folks' time, and that's also part of uh, you know making this only thirty minutes because I I don't want to waste anyone's time. So those are the forms of resistance that I was kind of dealing with um, in approaching the podcast. And I think the main uh, the main way that I'm breaking through it is just like I said to to do it, and that's what. Stephen Pressfield talks about in his book, The War of Art. And the book is almost, uh, it's like listening to a book. The, the version that's available on Audible is like a, it's like Tony Robbins for authors. You know, it's just a, a very motivational speech. But many times over, um, the phrase, do your work is said. <laughs> and um, when I was listening to it, I thought, oh, come on. And I like, I know this. I don't need you to tell me this. Um, but the fact that I'm repeating it now, I think, uh, just gets to the the base value of that statement. You know, do the work, do your work, jump in there and do it, even when you don't feel like doing it, because that's what separates a professional from an amateur or a hobbyist. Um, the professional makes work, and a professional author um, makes consistent work, which is what um, I'm focused on doing right now. So. Uh, I'm trying to produce as much work as I can. I'm trying to learn from every every new thing I make and every new response I get from the audience. And when I come out the end of this, uh, I hope to be a much better writer than I was when I started. So that's kind of what this podcast is uh, is about. And I, I hope to help you along the way. The person I'm imagining myself speaking to would be myself back in 2014, uh, before I wasted a lot of money on advertising and covers and writing that while I'm proud of that writing, it was not... 
uh, aimed at an audience that was going to respond um, or help me, you know, continue developing a career as a writer. So, so anyway, if you have questions about resistance, please um, hit me up. I'm happy to to help if I can. Uh, I think resistance is different for everyone. And one thing to think about that I've heard resistance characterized as fear uh, that could go back to the anxiety, fear of failing. Um, I'm fortunate where I've I've failed enough and I've received enough feedback uh, that I've got a pretty good sense of my audience, at least when it comes to my work. This will be a very different uh, audience, I suppose. Um, but there's always going to be somebody who doesn't like what you do. It could, you know, if you ever feel bad about your own work, go to Amazon and look at the um, reviews for The Great Gatsby uh, by F. Scott Fitzgerald and sort by one stars and <laughs> and, and read, read through some of those. And you're going to see that um, for every great book that you uh, you appreciate, um, there's going to be somebody out there that hates it. And so it doesn't do you any good time to, any, it doesn't do you any good to focus on those people. Focus on the people that loved your work, that connected with your work um, and write for them, you know, make something for them. And, and then you'll be uh, much happier with what you do. Uh, if you fail them, like at least you tried something different, but you you had an odd you had a person in mind that you wanted to talk to. So I'm trying to talk to myself back in 2014 because I know there's somebody now who's just discovered um, Amazon, who has just gone to a writing group for the first time, who's just received their first feedback on a short story they wrote, um, or like me, has come back to writing after a long hiatus and sat down, wrote a, you know amazed themselves that they wrote a 7,000 word short story in a day. And now what do I do with this? And that's the person that I would, I would like to talk to and, and hopefully help. So, so yeah, uh, goals for next week. Um, like I talked about, I, I've got the, uh, the calendar set up in, in right track and I want to use that to track my progress. So I want to be consistent in using that tool. I want to be consistent in writing, getting the work done that I need to do. And I need to, you know, when I start a new project, it's always kind of like pushing your way through a brick wall, you know, and that first, when you first hit the wall, it's very difficult. And then it gets easier and easier as you, as you push more bricks out of the way. So I'm in that phase now. Um, I need to continue to just push through that. And I won't get to the part where it's easy to write the book unless I do the work now to, to push through those bricks and, and knock that wall down and start building it into something else. So um, also want to be uh, mindful of, you know, figuring out the best time to write and what's going to work because that's all going to be part of that consistency. And then following the outline, because something we're doing different this time is that typically I would write the first draft, then Michael would read it and make changes um, this time, uh, he's actually going to write probably at least five chapters in the book, which means I have to even more follow an outline. And I've set up an outline in such a way where I think he can write those chapters with that character. It's kind of outside the plot that I'm working with. So we're, we'll kind of have two concurrent plots, but I still need to give him enough information so he can write those chapters and it will fit into um, what what I'm doing. So that's, that's an extra thing to think about. Uh, the new book is called Lunar Uprising. So I'll be talking about that going forward. And then, um, you know, another thing that I'm, I'm kind of always, always, always focused on is my health. Uh, having a baby has helped push me to think a lot more about my health. <laughs> Not that I, I shouldn't have anyway, but um, diet, exercise are, are things that I'm focused on. Practicing economy, um, both in my finances and in my diet um, are things I'm always thinking about. So I may talk about that a bit. I'm, I know this is not a health blog sir, or podcast, so don't want to waste people's time with that. But I am a firm believer that all of these things are tied together. And if you're going to be productive creatively, it really helps if you feel good. And, uh, you know, it's hard to write if you're hungover. 
uh, that's for sure. Um, so, so yeah, I want to be, uh, I want to be healthy next week. I want to eat well and I would sure love to exercise. We'll see. We'll see how that works. So anyway, um, thanks for listening. And, uh, if you've got any questions, um, hit me up with an email. Uh, that's pretty much the, I don't do social media aside from I'm available on Facebook and, uh, and by email are my preferred ways. You can also go to the, uh, Aon 14 fans group on Facebook. I'm pretty active there. Um, and I'll answer any questions or help if I can. So, uh, until next week, this is James S. Aaron and, uh, thanks for listening.